Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Jacob here. Uh, This is uh, episode 57 of the Daniel 3 podcast. This was originally streamed on January 16th, 2022. And this was a conversation with Clint Russell from the Liberty Lockdown podcast. Um, My first conversation with him on my podcast, I had a little bit earlier, um, I think... Uh, maybe like a few weeks prior, had a conversation with him on Josh uh, Smith's show of uh, uh, Break the Cycle. And we kind of continued what we talked a little bit on Josh's show, kind of about like, you know, how the ways in which the church has um, failed to be, um, you know, like like overall um, pushing back against the lockdowns and sort of um, how a lot of people who aren't Christians, such as Clint, um, were kind of looking to the church to maybe, you know, be a voice and to fill an important role in that, in that fight against, uh, the expansion of tyranny and the ways, ways in which, you know, as the church fails to do things like that, it kind of hurts the church's witness. And so we had a conversation about that. And then just kind of in general, like, you know, how we can create a culture that loves liberty and and make the fight something that isn't a chore, that isn't uh, something we got to grit our teeth to do, but rather how we can make fighting authoritarianism something that, um, although the fight is hard and, and certainly has its ups and downs, uh, something that that is sustainable because we can find find ways to make it more more enjoyable and uh, you know create a culture that that you know has people lifting each other up and supporting one another. Uh, in our in our various efforts, so um, so yeah, I this was a great conversation. Um, I hope you guys enjoy it. You know, uh, as I've been mentioning over the last few episodes, you know, still working to get us caught up. Um, you know, I'm <laughs> gonna have to try to pick up the pace a little bit. Um, so uh, be, 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 please be patient. And again, I feel like I'm gonna obnoxiously be apologizing over the next month for the <laughs> major. Uh, lapse in the uh, frequent episodes, but again, uh, making efforts to to get back to consistency here. Um, uh, I haven't made any any pleas for money <laughs> in a while. Uh, there's been no grifting, but uh, you know, if you you know enjoy this content and um, you'd like to see more of it, you know, certainly one of the restraints on my time is, of course, just that you know, other than my family uh, and spending time with them. Uh, I have to work and <laughs> provide for them. And, uh, you know, I have some uh, money coming in from Patreon now. 
um, if you feel so inclined, even if you can just throw five dollars a month towards the towards the show, um, every little bit helps to to free me up to do uh, not only more episodes, but to you know have more time that I can invest into researching different subjects and uh, just improving the quality of what I'm putting out there. Um, I have a lot of ideas of content I want to do, but it involves me having to you know, find time to prepare for it. You know, when I have these kind of uh, episodes like I did with Clint, uh, I don't need much prep. I'm, I'm just going to talk with Clint and we're going to riff off of each other. Um, but I'd like to do more episodes like on Christian anarchists throughout history. There's a lot of really interesting figures, whether it be Leo Tolstoy, whether it be C.S. Lewis, whether it be Dorothy Day. Um, you know, there, there's so many people uh, that I, that I could go and do like episodes where I explain their approach to Christian anarchism and kind of like their life experience and uh, the influence they had on the church. Um, and I, I think that would be, you know, good content to put out there um, as far as normalizing the idea of Christian anarchism. Um, but, you know, I want to do episodes like that justice by making sure they're properly researched and and prepared ahead of time so um you know and and there's a lot of other ideas i have in my head that's just one that uh i want to do first so uh if 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 you um yeah if you find value in what i do and even if you just throw a few bucks a month towards me um if enough people do that um i'm hoping to hit a goal of about two hundred dollars a month uh from patreon if i can hit that and sustain it that would really help out with my personal financial situation um, and allow me to uh, just have have that little bit of flexibility I need to to kind of take this podcast to the next level. Um, so if you if you want to do that, it's patreon.com slash biblical anarchy. And uh, yeah, other than that, I appreciate uh, all of you watching and or listening rather and uh, um, enjoy this conversation with Clint. Good evening. Good. Ugh, I can't talk tonight. <laughs> Let's try that again. Good evening, everybody. Uh, Jacob Daniel here. This is the Daniel Three Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, it's been a heck of a weekend. My brain is fried. I was on a seven-hour board call last night for the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania because uh, I don't know. I'm I'm a crazy masochistic uh, fucker. I guess. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I every uh, every hour past the three-hour mark, I was just like. Uh, how, how many shots in do we have to be before this is no longer consensual and we are all just assaulting each other via Zoom call? But, um, but yeah, uh, 
So tonight I have a uh, pretty interesting. Oh yeah, thanks, Dave. Uh, I got the. Uh, this is the. Actually, this is my shirt from uh, being an executive producer on Joshua Smith's show, Break the Cycle. So uh, you can't buy that normally. If you want to get that, you gotta subscribe. You gotta be a supporter of Josh's. But it's a, it's a sweet T-shirt. Although uh, the funny story with that is that when I first got it, my wife was like, "Oh, cool, is that Joshua Smith?" And I was just like, "Oh, oh no, oh no, honey." So. Tonight, though, let's get let's get this going. I have a fantastic guest lined up. Uh, he is the host of uh, Liberty Lockdown and one of the revolving ten thousand different uh, uh, short bus hosts on the Tower Power Hour, a show that I am uh, um, banned on, just like I am banned on travel lists and. Uh, every other, you know, every other government list that probably exists. He is Clint Russell. Clint, how you doing tonight? No, I know. I'm just. Dude, it, 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 it's such a funny bit, but the problem is like I, I keep on trying to up the the uh, the ante of it. And it's just like every week, it's just like, what do I got to do now? Like, I can't <laughs> can't keep doing the same thing because it'll just get old. So you got to, like, find a way to, like, double down each week and make it more insane. So that's why. The, so this past week, I was like, you know what? I'm going to take shots. It was like, you know, so I was like, I'm going to cancel Tower Power Hour because they refused <laughs> to cancel Dave for not going on the system. Uh, uh, the system is, is down podcast. Which, you know, that was like a huge, like, meta, like anyone not in our universe would just look at that and be like, what the, what, what the hell is this crap? Like, well, the, the, this is the problem is that eventually the joke gets to be funnier than the appeal of even having you on. So now we have right. to keep the joke going right. forever. <laughs> same, same with Dave. Dave can't over go, go on. The system is down. I mean, allegedly he's going on this Wednesday, I but don't, I don't believe it. It's too I funny. I, gotta, <laughs> I need him to continue to make, uh, you know, angry videos trying to cancel Dave. <laughs> that was the best the best part of that though i don't know if you watched the stream dan did after he released that but like there was like a, I, I would say it was the majority but a handful of people that were like thought he was serious and thought he was actually trying to cancel oh, yeah. dave and going after him he was just like oh you you poor autistic souls like <laughs> yeah well this is one thing i've learned uh, you know it's not a joke when we say there's a lot of autists in the libertarian community it's it is genuine um because I was tagged in his uh, initial launch of that video, which is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And and it had probably a dozen different people coming after him saying, you know, this, you really sounded like you're trying to cancel that pretty woke, bro. Like, this isn't going to impress. This isn't how you go about it. Like, this is exactly how you go about well, it. Someone, you someone about? Uh, did the same thing to me when I did the whole cancel Tower Power Hour. They were right. just like, oh, man, you know, I thought you were cooler than this. And I was just like, bro, it's a joke. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> I know. It's, it's Twitter. It's sad, but... Uh, but, you know, it, it, there's something about Twitter that, like, if you don't know it, you don't know it. And I've been there. Like, I got sure. on Twitter late. Uh, probably probably only been a year since I got on Twitter, actually. And yeah. I remember, like, my first two months, I was just like, what the hell is this thing? And yeah. like every like every time I tried interacting with someone, I'd get ratioed so bad. And I said, no, because I was just like, you know, I I'd never used anything but Facebook. And I was like trying to, you know, with Facebook, it's like you sit down and you're like, oh, OK, you disagree with me. Well, let's try to have a cordial conversation and spend the next two hours going back and forth and exchanging sources and, and good faith arguments and stuff. And you bring that to Twitter and they're like, what what, what the hell are you doing? Like, you know, get, yeah. the, get the heck out of here. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not really uh, conducive to, to good conversation. It, you know, it's I've only been 
I've been seriously on Twitter for a little over two years now. And yeah, it's, uh, this is why I like, this is why I have a podcast. This is why I like going on podcasts is because it's really vital that, that we have a different format for conversations. There oh, is it's so just, much better. It's there's so almost much. no viable communication that happens on Twitter, like this much. No, absolutely not. And what's funny is that like, I've had people ask to come on my podcast after like, like like heated Facebook or Twitter exchanges because I do like a mm-hmm. like a call in show and they'll come in and then like two hours in they're just like oh so I guess we I guess we really don't disagree on much I was like yeah we don't you're just yeah. like they, you're on the internet and your your autism brain takes over and you're just like oh you said it in this way which is not how I would say it so obviously you're a you're a you know r- rape apologist or Nazi yes. synthesizer or exactly. something something stupid like that like this whole like like uh, the the thing that I got caught up in today that we were talking about before I got on was the whole so uh for those who don't know uh uh in the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania the convention's coming up in March Dave Smith and Tom Woods are speaking at that convention so first of all uh if you're not signed up to come to that convention like you know pause this or keep it on the background and and go sign up because like Tom Woods doesn't do a lot of libertarian state conventions or like conventions period and he's going to be there with dave smith um it's going to be like you know fantastic like you need That's to come time. out to this so yeah. um so uh, i like, just I, I just got added to the uh the recommended speakers list for all lp state conventions so if anybody wants me hit a brother up i'm still i'm still waiting to actually book I, massachusetts reached out and i'm hoping a few others will because i i really want to get some experience talking live Ashley Shade's a big fan of the big fan of your show. Probably not. <laughs> um, no, I don't think she's responsible for it. But someone else, right? Reached out, no. So we'll see if it happens. <laughs> um, yeah, no, you know, obviously, you know, guys, give some love to Click uh, to, to Clint. I, I'd try to get you here in PA, but like we're already like so like we have we have like twice the number of speakers we did last year. I mean, it's yeah. just oh, like no, dude, I mean, I, every not, every I'm, minute. I'm not begging, I'm like, not big. Like, I was I was added I was added uh first week of January. So yeah, like, it, you can sure you can be the uh, the bathroom co- connoisseur. You can like sit there and like you know like talk to people while they hand out mints to them and stuff. And <laughs> as long as Reed Coverdale's there, I'm interested in uh, whatever happens in the bathroom. <laughs> Dave, Dave wants you to come to Minnesota. Minnesota, right. eh? Tell him tell him to tell him to book me, man. I'm available. All I'm not even looking to get paid. I just want people to cover my my transport costs so I don't have to go out of pocket to go do this dumb shit you know <laughs> right yeah exactly yeah um anyway so yeah anyway so the there was a board meeting last night for the libertarian party of pennsylvania because some people got a wind of that whole stupid controversy where clips from dave from 2017 like five years ago it's never it's never recent you know what i mean it's we're never like 12 shots yeah yeah so they yeah. were upset about the 12 shots clip um which by the way like from uh, even from a like borderline fundamentalist christian conservative perspective which is what i have dave's absolutely right in his take like you don't lose the ability yeah he he usually is like you don't lose your ability to consent just because you have consumed alcohol unless you're unless like the only caveat is like if you're incapacitated because like you're blackout drunk well then it's like the, the problem isn't that you're got alcohol in your system the problem is you're unconscious so if you're unconscious then yeah like you know we we, we most likely it's a good rule of thumb to to not have sex with people who are unconscious unless you're married but um (laughs) i think it's probably still advisable you don't even know still still advisable then yeah um yeah but 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 your point is well taken and and of course you're right and it's this is this is what i'm talking about with the uh the twitter you know conversation capacity being almost nil it's like 
anybody anybody that actually saw the entire clip in context understands Dave is not apologizing for rape. He's explaining that, you know, we should have personal responsibility for ourselves and that that includes women because we think of them as our equals. You know, that's like the whole alleged thing here is that we're trying yeah. to have equal rights and they want to have special rights. And and I mean, it's just so transparently not equal if you if you're going to pretend that a woman doesn't have the ability to consent in that setting, whereas the man does. I mean, it's like I mean, it's just it's just detached from reality. And 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 the idea that you know, the vast majority of us don't exist on this planet because our parents had a couple extra drinks that night is just also, again, delusional uh, and detached yeah, my, from my, my first child was conceived when when my, uh, I was under the influence and my wife wasn't. Well, so it's like, you, if anything, I was, she I was should assaulted. be in prison. Yeah, yeah she should be like, in prison. It's 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 lunacy. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, alcohol is not some special magic substance that like, I mean, it, it lowers people's in, uh, inhibitions. So right. like while they might. Which is usually, why people use it, by the right. way. Right. So it's not like so people are like, oh, he said that you keep a woman that would say no before and then say yes after. So it's like, oh, well, you're forcing her. It's like, no, because you're not forcing. Now, if you're for, it'd be one thing if you were forcing her to get drunk, like if you of were course. like, I don't know, like but I don't even know how that would happen or obviously, you know, date rate drugs or something like that. Like no one's advocating for that. They're saying no. if a, if a girl goes to the bar and she's just taking shot after shot and beginning of the night when you went up and she didn't give you the time of day and then 12 shots in, you go up and she's going home with you. There's nothing there that's uh, unconsensual or that's a violation of the, the non-aggression principle or. Well, uh, and it, he even know. went so far as to say, he's not saying it's morally okay. He's just saying it's not criminal, and I think right. that's a that's a well, fair differentiator. I go, because I go further than than Dave on all this because I mean, as a conservative Christian, I'm like, don't even. Why are you even at the bar trying to hook up with people? I'm like, I mean, I take the the super hardline stance, which is, unfortunately, uh, in my opinion, a, a lot of Christians are getting lukewarm on this, but I still think there's value to saving sex for marriage, or at the very least, even on if I was going to be really like you know, less stringent on my principles here, I would say at the very least, you should be in a committed relationship in which you are open to the idea of marriage. And I'm, and I'm, sure. I'm strongly against like hookup culture and just casual sleeping around. Um, well, I so, can't, I can't say that uh, I've, I've practiced what you're preaching right now, but I don't, I don't oppose it. I just think teach their own kind of thing. Well, yeah. Like, well, and I, I've definitely fallen short of that myself. Like I, I failed to, to save sex before. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, you know, <laughs> that's what the Bible says I am. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I know. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, but yeah, so it's just, but it's just funny. Cause it's like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I have some like moral qualms with with that kind of behavior, um, and and I, I often those kind of scenarios always remind me of that expression like play stupid games, win stupid prizes. It's like you know, sure. it's like it's not a it's not a good environment to or, or a set of circumstances to be putting yourself in. But you know, uh, libertarianism is just about like what is legal and what should we. And if something is illegal, if you're going to say something is rape, that means that. Uh, it justifies, you know, the use of force to restrain them, imprison them, right. perhaps even use lethal force and stopping them from doing something. And it's just it's not even on the same. It's not even in the realm of sanity to c construe hookup culture as as aggression. But um, but yeah, people in the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania. And I want to stress this is like 12 people, 
15. You know what I mean? Like, we're not talking like hundreds of people got up and were outraged and protesting. It's like, you know, five to 10 really loud, noisy, you know, like, you know, the same people that are usually mad about everything, uh, making a lot of noise about this. Um, So a motion was made to rescind his invitation. Uh, uh, We all strongly uh, rejected that. Uh, motion and so dave's invitation was not rescinded which i'm happy about but the blowout after that was a lot of people uh you know being crybabies about it being sore losers and taking to the internet and making a big fuss including uh this guy who shared some pretty public information about me uh, it's hard yeah, to constitute to his doxing yeah so but you know th- I, I guess that's a good transition a little bit into one of the things i want to talk to you about but you know uh, so what you guys did to him today was, you know, you guys did the whole like tower thing on him (laughs) and, you know, kind of humiliated him a little bit. And then he came to me, you know, like before he blocked me and he was like, Oh, some Christian you are, look at these people. They're coming after me. And, and this is sick and disgusting. He's like, you know, and I was just like, like, first of all, like, I'm not the one really doing it to you. Um, you know, second of all, um, you know, uh, the Bible says you reap what you sow, dude. I was just like, um, yeah, and, and who gives a fuck? It's a it's a tower on the internet. Get a yeah. life. I mean, Jesus, sorry, Jesus Christ. No. Like, what are you doing? Here? Well, yeah, it's just like it's just like you know, hmm. Yes, I should be really offended by the characters that appear on a on a you know a, a Twitter thread, I mean, and it's All single the, letters too. It's yeah, like, single I single mean, letters, and it's just people, like people are so soft these days. Like, I can't even believe that he's softer than his body. Like this kid needs to top it off, dude. Good lord, we're just sending out single letters in a in a chain. Just block us all or mute the thread. It doesn't matter. Well, e- even matter. the outrage over Dave, I'm just like, we have some, you know, we have real evil shit in the world. You know what I mean? Really? Like, like extremely. Like, I mean, uh, like one of the things that Dave talks about ad nauseum is um uh, the 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 genocide in Yemen, and and the conflicts in the Middle East and. Um, I, I, I'm sorry, yeah. and and I have I have all the sympathy in the world for for Yemen and the Middle East. We got our own fucking problems to deal with. We have a global totalitarian takeover that's happening, and like, yes, obviously we should end those wars. However, my focus my focus for the past two years has been ending the lockdowns, ending the woke oh, Marxist yeah. takeover of society, and it's like these people act as if a five year old clip of Dave Smith discussing whether or not there's culpability with the amount of alcohol consumption prior to intercourse is something that we need to cancel him for when he has been one of the best, most outspoken people on earth over the past decade. It's just stupid. These people lack all sense of, of, you know, just identifying your enemies, identifying the actual problem. They're 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 dealing with their own internal demons and they're externalizing and they're trying to find other things to to fill that void. I think a lot of people don't want to face what we're up against. I think a lot of people would rather deal with like LP internal squabbles and and little power games when ultimately we're up against like hell. Like we are up against hell right now, and people just don't want to. They don't want to face it. And I'm I'm like I'm facing it head on because I don't intend to go there. Yeah. Well, and the two things aren't unconnected. I mean, the the industrial, you know, the military industrial complex is sort of being uh, there's like cover being played for, for that by this woke corporatist agenda. So it, it's not even you know, I mean, it's not even and, and honestly, oh, it's connected for sure. oh yeah. And, and honestly, 
you know, I felt like the lockdowns and the whole COVID thing from the very beginning was a distraction. You know what I mean? It was like it, it got people to stop focusing on a lot of things that were going on throughout 2019 that were like, you know, pr pretty big deals. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, one of the biggest was the Hong Kong protests. Yep. I mean, th that was picking up a lot of news coverage. Uh, you know what I mean? And, and, and a lot, there was, you know, libertarians that were, that were covering that and doing really good work on that. I mean, these, these people were, it was basically a secession movement. I mean, well, it, it, was, it was, it was going that, that way. Yeah. There was I that. Mean, there was also color revolutions all across the Middle East. I mean, the yeah. people have been rising up pretty, uh, you know, increasingly so over yeah. the past five or six years in, in particular. And, and I think that the lockdowns were, you know, if you want to get real Alex Jonesy with it, could could have been about having legal precedent to stop, you know, peaceful assembly and protests. Um, I don't yeah. know. Unless you're going to burn down private property, then you're allowed out. Well, I mean, those <laughs> those aren't those aren't riots. Those are uh, peaceful protests. state state orchestrated um, takedowns of political enemies. As far as I'm concerned, it, it's it's a very. Yeah. I mean, we do not have equal justice in this country, and and there has been. And the libertarians have been great about standing on the behalf of minorities when it comes to um, them not having equal justice for the longest of time. But now we have a, a completely different paradigm where anyone that values liberty or the Second Amendment uh, can be labeled as a, a political dissident and a potential domestic terrorist and and labeled and listed and uh, you know interrogated, arrested, imprisoned, in, indefinitely without trial, spied upon. I mean, all of this stuff is so it's so grievous and dangerous, and it's just like people would rather deal with you know the amount of representation in the Libertarian Party. I, no, no disrespect to Martha Bueno, I I like her, um, but I I really don't understand people's perspectives on these things. Like when they when they start talking about uh, you know racial makeup of caucuses right. and things like that it's like are you are you also being duped like are you have you fallen for this identitarian mindset i don't understand right. it i've invited her on my show so hopefully we'll get to talk it out but at okay. this point i'm just perplexed by it all uh, yeah and i've become increasingly perplexed by it too and and it's it's frustrating for me because a, a lot of people who maybe share my my religious views are getting caught up in 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 it one way or the other, um, and yeah. I, I, it's just hard for me to look at uh, the the Bible and listen. It's the, the Bible says a lot of things on a lot of different topics, and I'm I'm not saying that we should live our sure life does. in a very uh, uh, like uh, what's the word I'm looking for like decompartmentalized de uh, uh, way where we only like care about the things like we only take the things out of the bible that we like and ignore the rest and, and that's definitely not the way that i i try to walk yeah, my faith thinking. and walk my religion i and 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 that stuff bugs me but i don't think that everything in the bible has like the same weight to it and sure. uh you know and and not only that but going beyond the bible i don't think that every violation of liberty has the same weight behind it i don't think that every every topic in the world has the same weight behind it and it's just it's like so so it's like when sometimes these people get like so hyper focused in this way where they're just like well i'm just really offended by these the things that these people said and i go all right so i didn't i didn't like i can even sometimes go you know what i didn't like that thing either but okay it's just like i don't like it and i move on 
Like I, I don't lose sleep over. I don't. I don't even lose a minute over it. It's just kind of like no. I'm annoyed for a few seconds, maybe a minute or two at most, and uh, I move on with my day and I forget about it. Like I, yeah. I can't even remember the last time I looked at something and read it and had a small annoyance. It's like I, I just outrage is a finite resource, and um, I, I think that especially people who call themselves followers of Christ, um, if you're not the most outraged at uh, war and the most outraged at uh, where the state is advocating for violence against peaceful people, and instead you're caught up in these these really petty squabbles over the Libertarian Party or over just like uh, gatekeeping the movement broadly where you're just like, oh, well, these people can't be associated with us because they've said offensive things. It's like, you're, you're, you're approaching this all wrong. You're trying to approach people because like the, the, to believe that that's how we should, where we should be focused is to be immediately playing the game, the way that our enemy wants to play it. I think because sure. um, the minute we start equivocating mean words with all of the evil shit that the state does, we are losing. We yeah. are we are losing so badly because um, they're just not even in the same like universe. You know what I mean? Well, like like me. I, I made this on Twitter. Just do not compare to you know uh, like uh, everything that we just listed and talked about. Yeah, I made this this point on a stream with some Australians yesterday. Um, I mean, it, it's it's just detached from reality. I mean, you have you have Trump who went out of his way and and I think he did a good thing by having like first step and all these other things to try and help black people and minorities who were put behind bars for really egregious amounts of time on egregious sentences and to try and kind of right those wrongs. And, and yet because he's taken out of context and talking about Charlottesville, he is labeled as the racist president. Whereas you have Biden who's responsible for imprisoning many of those people that Trump was freeing. He also talks about, um, you know, black people as if they, they are lesser. I mean, Biden is, is by my worldview, clearly and definitionally a literal racist. And, and in, in all the worst ways imaginable, the only difference is that he, he's able to, because of the media narrative, he's able to run on this platform of looking out for minorities when in fact he's been a complete disaster for them from for 50 years. I mean, he's been horrifically bad. And this is what I'm talking about when it comes to, um, you know, narrative versus reality. Like maybe Trump's a racist too. I don't know. I honestly, I don't care. I don't care if any of these people are racist because all I care about is if their policies actually affect people in a negative way. And in my opinion, Trump was better for minorities than Biden was. But because people are so caught up in narrative, it's like, well, the Tower Gang guys say say the N word sometimes, so they must be racist. It's like, but we're not. <laughs> we're actually not. We love we love people of all of all looks and 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 walks of life. And it's like, who cares? I mean, the 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 whole reason that we're aggressively, um, you know, brash is because we think this is all nonsense. We, we believe in, in meritocracy and, you know, the content of your character type stuff, like the old Martin Luther King shit minus the socialism. Like, that's what I'm about. Uh, but, you know, narrative goes the other way. And that's what Is people a, think. That's a real quote. <laughs> I can imagine it, to be honest. Yeah, no, he said it. <laughs> wow. I swear to God. Yeah, that's uh, that's something. Um, yeah, he's a, 
He's yeah. he's a no, real it doesn't racist. Surprise me. It doesn't surprise me. And um, that's not the worst part about Joe Biden. Yeah. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> no. The fact that he's a racist, like an old school 1940s racist, is right. not the worst part about Joe Biden. The worst part about him is that he's a, a power-hungry psychopath that will absolutely leave a trail of dead bodies in his wake as he climbs the ladder of political power. He is evil incarnate. And he is also now a puppet to the most evil people on the planet who want to strip you of all your liberty just so that they can fucking uh, you know, get a little bit richer, get a little bit more powerful. These people are evil, like to their core evil. And if you think that racism is the problem with it, you're just not paying attention. Well, I mean, I think part of it, uh, there's a few things. One of it is I just think in general, people need a thicker skin. And this is like universal. Like uh, my fellow Christians need thicker skin. Libertarians yep. need thicker skin. I mean, just, I, I don't know. Um, everyone. everyone. I mean, <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, on the thing about words, I mean, people get so caught up on the N word or, you know, uh, calling people uh, faggots or call. And, and for me, it's just like I, I don't view any word as off limit, although uh, depending on who I'm talking to, I will try to like if they have a, a hiccup with a certain word, I won't make a big deal about it if they're just approaching it from like a, you know, hey, I'd appreciate if you didn't use that word rather than like yeah. trying to, you know, come at me and you know, call me a racist or call me homophobic. Because what's funny is like, I grew comfortable using words like that by hanging out with the people those words would be used to describe in a derogatory fashion. Of course. Like, uh, I went to a church in Baltimore, okay? I was like maybe one of two or three white people in that church for about five years of like my most formative years from like uh, 10 to like 15 I was like an almost predominantly and all I, black I, I, church. I'd imagine in you got called cracker a lot. <laughs> yes. And I heard the, uh, and if you're going to think that because of church, I didn't hear the N word. Um, yeah, you're mistaken. Uh, that, that word got thrown, thrown around uh, a lot. Um, and I remember well, see, like, hanging let, out at one. What, go ahead. Uh, let me just say real quick. I, and for the record, I don't really use those words. I don't use some of the more egregious uh, language that some of my tower, tower gang cohorts use. Um, uh, but I think it's I, I do it simply because I think it gets kind of uh, my point gets lost when I do it. It's not that I, I don't use them because I don't use those I, words often. But if I ever feel compelled to use it, I try not to let the fear of people getting offended. Stop I me agree. From using it. I and agree. That's basically I, it. They probably those words probably don't come, on, come out of my mouth more than it, it, maybe once or twice a month at most. Maybe there's probably yeah. even periods of times where I don't. But if I ever feel like using it. I, I don't let the fear of people being offended stop me from from sure. from using it. it is I say I say them right when I wake up, and then I say them before I go to bed, kind of like yeah. the Lord's prayer. <laughs> um, <laughs> is there like a special That's it, saying? You're just like you're just like uh, N word, F word. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even oh, I don't gosh. even know the Lord's prayer, but I can tell you all of the lyrics to basically any Tupac song. So uh, okay. yeah, I mean it's just it's just. I just don't use them because I get it. My point gets lost when I use them because people have been, uh, you know, molded into being very, very sensitive about these things. Sure. But I don't have any problem with people using them if, as long as it's done in, in the spirit that I would, I would deliver it to. And that's how my tower gang guys do it. So I don't give a fuck and I'm not going to apologize for any of it. And I don't care. I don't care. I don't care if, if we lose people because of it, it's fine. I don't care. Well, You're missing the entire point. Like, I don't know. Well, and it's just like, if we can't convince people that, bombing children in other countries and uh, locking people in their homes uh, indefinitely and destroying uh, their careers and, and destroying people's life savings through the yeah. hyperinflation. Like if we can't convince people that this stuff is like 
more important, then we have a problem. And the problem is either that the post-libertarian people are right and that uh, libertarianism is doomed because people are just like never going to be con- like there's just like a, a hyper majority of people that are never going to be convinced or uh, I tend to lean towards the idea that we just need to do a better job at presenting our case. Um, I mean, I certainly don't I think, think it, that I, everybody I is persuadable, but I don't think it's close to like I don't think it's just one percent of people are persuadable either. And it's, no, it's way it, higher. Yeah, it's way it, it, it's it's I think it's higher than ten percent. I mean, I I, I, I don't so I can't too. I couldn't I couldn't put a number to it, but it's just like um, I think that it's not, it's not enough to win. It's not enough yeah. to win a vote on a national federal level, but it is definitely way higher than where we pull at right now. So like giving up on it entirely is stupid. But I, I do agree with the post-libertarians in one regard, and I don't know if they've even made this point, but I think that libertarianism is is really formulated for a very rare and special breed of human being. Like it it requires someone who who is both capable, independent, hardworking, moral, principled, driven. Like it it's it's basically best formulated for people that are really capable of winning in any societal makeup. And there's not a lot of people like that. Um, and I don't, I don't yeah. say this to like make libertarians sound as if they're elitist. It's that I believe that I believe that like, if you're, if you're willing not only to stand on your own two feet, but to, to turn to others and say, Hey, you can do it too. And I can show you how like that requires a level of, moral strength and courage and confidence that very few people have well there's a difference between like active libertarians and and like passive libertarians i guess like there's people that just maybe like at their core whether it's even explicitly or not they're libertarian in their in their psychology in their general worldview and beliefs and whatnot but they just like i just want to live my life and i believe these things are true uh, if I was going to vote, I would vote with these incentives and these beliefs, but they don't they don't do much. I think there's a lot of people out there that are like that. I do think oh, the people that are more like you and me and Dave and the Mises caucus and all that, we're I think the minority of people that are like, not only do we believe this stuff, but we have this weird drive to like go out there and and honestly, my label for it as a Christian one, it's basically like we have an evangelist mindset. Uh, yeah. it, it's what I think that unites all of oh, us. Yeah. It's just that, that I did. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, and, uh, we, we just, we want to go out there and we, we want to inspire people to see the same thing that we see and to be transformed in the same way that, that we've been transformed. Yeah. Uh, and then if we can even just, you know, uh, but I, I actually, get, I actually mean it more broadly though. Uh, like it's not just the evangelists that have to have all of those traits that I just said, but, but people that are really going to believe and vote libertarian have to believe that they are capable of doing better than this current paradigm without the government in their lives like that when you've been indoctrinated for you know a a dozen years in public school and all of the media narrative is that you know government lifts people up business suppresses you like it requires a kind of a leap of faith uh, of a strength of character a belief in yourself that is rare not a lot of people have it these days and and i i mean this is a product of statism and uh an overpowerful state and and yeah. uh you know i'm like i'm not i i think i think that it's still it still requires kind of a unique and special person and i don't think that we should downplay it i think that it you should sell libertarianism as an idea of like hey this is actually this shows something about you because because de- democrats do it all the time they always frame it as like i'm the good person i care about the poor and the downtrodden do they in reality no 
They they just care about looking like they do. But the libertarians genuinely care, and that that makes them special. And we should we should take we should strip the moral high ground from the leftists who actually right. would suppress and depress your children with their shitty tyrannical policies and say no 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 we have the moral high ground. Yeah. No, I, I I think I think I mostly agree with you there. Um, you know, I, I I think I think there's a lot of people that that I guess what I was referring to is people that remind like my dad has always sort of been uh, sort of like in his mindset and 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 worldview has been libertarian. Even if he doesn't like he's not read Rothbard or Hoppe or Mises or anything like that. Yeah. But he's never really fit in with like your maybe like hyper Republican voter. Um, he's always like at any time uh, a politician would leans libertarian, that's the way he goes, even if he's not like hyper passionate about it in the same way that I am. Yeah. Um, so I think that's, there's a lot of people out there too. that. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's a lot of people out there like that, that if if we just uh, can do the, the groundwork of presenting them better options and maybe just nudging them ever so slightly to start making them look you know, even just like a little bit more local, like focus more on their governor, focus more on their municipality. And I think that's getting easier, actually, with the lockdown stuff, because a lot of this lockdown stuff, as much as we can blast Trump and blast Biden and all that, a lot of it started with governors and, and oh, local yeah. governments. And so I think uh, a lot of people have become uh, in the last two years a bit more like hyper aware of the the impact of local government. Even I was uh, like as an autistic libertarian, I was like, you know, so hyper-focused on the federal government. I just, I, I don't think I was quite, it was a bit of a shell shock even for, for me, just how tyrannical state governments were. And and like, you, you know, you kind of expected out of, it. yeah, like yeah. You, you kind of expected out of like maybe New York and California, but even other states like, like, uh, <coughs> excuse me, I live in Pennsylvania and we have a, a Democrat governor. He's certainly not great, but, uh, I never expected the degree to which he would uh, try to leverage force I, I, against all of us. And really, the only thing that kept me relatively uh, free the past two years is just that I live in a very red county. Yeah. Um, so no one cared. Like, just no one, no one complied, and law enforcement didn't really, didn't really give a shit. But uh, other parts of Pennsylvania were 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 not as lucky, unfortunately. So the, this, I mean, the, the past two years unmasked the the brazen, you know power structure that is government and i'm grateful for it i think that it woke up a lot of blue-pilled conservatives and red-pilled the hell out of them and thank god not a moment too soon i mean we need we need these people in the fight and and i think it red-pilled a lot of of you know good leftists when it comes to uh bodily autonomy and, and things like that so I, I like i'm not without hope like i think there's there's lots of reason to be hopeful it's just i want i want people to like really grasp how short a fuse we have on this thing because like we are we are staring down the barrel yeah. of of my two-pronged metaphor poorly laid out metaphor here and uh and people people are very lackadaisical about it i mean even libertarians when they start talking about 2024 elections i get bothered like i don't i don't understand what like how you guys are still focused on like federal level solutions to this shit not to mention two plus years out from now like two and a, almost three years out from now it's like that we we could have a full economic collapse societal breakdown civil war like everything is on the table over the next three years so i just i just hope that people understand like it's not enough to just hope for a, uh you know 
a man on a white horse to ride in and save us. Like this, yeah. you need to be involved and you need to be taking action to help you and your family and protect yourself immediately. There is no more delaying. Well, and we and we talked a little bit about this when uh, you and I were both on uh, Josh Smith's show uh, back in, I guess, like late December, and uh, we were we were talking about like our disappointment in the church. Now, obviously, you're not a Christian and stuff, but we were just like that wasn't that was an area uh, that was a, a group we were of people that I was yeah, I, I, a group of people I expected a, a lot more out of. Like as much as I was disappointed, like a lot of libertarians were disappointed in the the Libertarian National Party and even disappointed in Joe Jorgensen. Um, and spike to an extent for not talking more about the lockdowns and mandates and stuff like that. Uh, but I was um, just because I'm just, you know, my uh, my religious views, I was really disheartened by the church's response because I was expecting a lot more uh, people to refuse. I mean, like Me one of the most know. basic parts of Christianity is like, like coming together to gather to worship. It's like it's the whole reason for having a church. <laughs> I mean, otherwise, it's just like, well, just, Maybe it's otherwise like why wouldn't it just be like Hinduism? Just like oh, read the stuff and have a spiritual journey at home. But like the whole point, yeah. like do not forsake the gathering of of believers and and the Book of Acts going through the the building of the early church. And I'm just like we're supposed to be doing this. Um, especially bothered by like I'm not Catholic, but Catholics and and Lutherans to maybe a smaller extent believe in uh, have a special emphasis on the importance of the Eucharist. And I'm just mm-hmm. like you can't do the Eucharist from home. Like, right. I'm just like, so like you guys, so I just like, I always knew there's a lot of people that call themselves Christian, but don't really like believe it in a way that would impact action. I had no idea it was as bad as what it really showed out to be. Cause it's just like, if you really believe that, like, especially like if, if you believe that the, the Eucharist is what, uh, you know, the Catholic church proclaims it to be. And, uh, and, and just for all Christians, if you believe in the words of what the Bible says, if you believe in what the story of the resurrection uh, of Jesus is, and and, and you and you uh, believe that in a way that like you're supposed to be born again, you're supposed to be transformed and yeah. uh, into a, a new creation. It's like, and then you're like, oh well, uh, scary virus, so we're not going to do that for the next two years. It's like, well, I'm going to be a little less kind than you and say that it it, it showed a lot of these people to be frauds. Yeah. I mean, if you if you believe that God is your highest power and you're going to allow your, your mortal coils to be held down by this, what is in reality your highest power on this plane, which is the state. Um, I don't think that you're, you're living out your belief system in a real principled fashion. And, and I don't say that to like shame them. It's, it's not even my religion. I'm just pointing out an obvious truth. Like if you're going to allow the police to stop you from congregating, especially when, you know, you're a constitutional Bible thumping type person who believes that there's a separation of church and state and that this is sacrosanct and like you have to respect these things. These are constitutionally protected rights. And you just say, yes, well, sir, I, officer, and you walk away. Well, you're not really living out your principles there. Forget, forget the Constitution even like just look at the like the reason why people came to America. Like it was almost sure, primarily course. for religious freedom. Of course. It, it yeah. was. So it's like how how have we gotten so i mean it's only been 200 some like you know 270 180 years or whatever it's like it's like how have we gotten so far off the reservation i i just don't <laughs> i i just i don't i don't, I don't get it um i was and- i was apparently blue pilled on on the religious people in this country because and conservatives for that matter i because I, I did yeah. not i did not think them to be of such little backbone and i and i i say that 
with all the kindness and love in my heart. Like I, I don't, I don't say it to like bag on people. I'm just saying I thought more highly of you guys. Like I, not you, but the Christian yeah. community, the two way community, the con- the constitutional conservative community. Um, I thought you guys had more guts. I thought that people were, I didn't think that I was like a particularly courageous person. I thought that this was kind of a, a shared American ethos that, I mean, you look at the, tra- if the government turns yeah. on us, we stand together and we fight back. And it's not like, it's not, it's not a bold principled stand as much as it is just like a knee jerk American instinct. Like, Oh, you want to tell us that we can't do this? Well, this is, this is bigger than your relationship with us. This is our relationship with God. So back the fuck right. off. Right. It doesn't even have to be that like some people, especially like your, your diehard, maybe like Trump conservatives, you know, like uh, yeah, America types might be that way, but even more so like my attitude wasn't even like that hostile. It was just like, it was just a simple, no, um, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) Just in the same way that, I mean, my, I don't know if you remember the, uh, if if you know the, the, the reference of my podcast name, Daniel three, it's uh, 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 Meshach, Radchak and Abednego refusing to bow down to Nebuchadnezzar. And, you know, at the threat of like, they were going to be, you know, thrown into a, a, a furnace. <laughs> it's just like, and they didn't make a big deal about it. They were just like, um, uh, it was like, are you not going to bow? Because if you do, do not bow, we're going to throw you into this furnace. And it was like, how much faith do you have in this God of yours? And they were like, well, we have faith that he can preserve us if you throw us in there. But uh, even if he doesn't, uh, he's God and you're not. And we're just not going to bow to you, dude. Yep. Like, that was it. Like, it wasn't like a huge raw, raw speech. It wasn't like, you know, like, like shouting and theatrical. It was just like a simple, no, not well, going to do some, it. And if I die, something... I die. It's just like, I'm not, I'm not going to bow down to uh, a false God. I'm not going to disobey God just because you, you threatened my life. I mean, the apostles, you know, almost every single one of them died at the hands of the state, including Jesus died at the hands yep. of the state for the refusal to stop doing what God told them to do. I mean, yep. and it's like, well, th- th- this is something I learned about myself over the past two years since I started my show is like, I've always considered myself agnostic. You know, I never, I never was a practicing uh, person of any religious faith and, and having witnessed kind of what makes me different from a lot of people in this community, as well as just my, you know, my fellow countrymen. Um, I've discovered that I have a religious faith and liberty. Like I, I, I have it. I, and I don't know how it happened. Um, but and I've gotten in a lot of trouble for this because I've talked about it and people get really disturbed by it. You know, people go like, oh, well, that's some people think it's sacrilegious. Some people think that it's Fed posting. Some people think that I'm I'm bullshitting. Um, I don't know. I don't know why why people have a negative reaction to it, but I'm being honest. So I'm going to keep talking about it. My my gut reaction when the government threatens me with imprisonment or death, uh, if I if I don't go along with relinquishing every last one of my liberties is to tell them to to take me, you know, like, I, and, and, and the same, the same way you described it in that religious passage or the biblical passage, it, I don't even look at it as some like courageous act. I just say like, this is something bigger than me. And I, I don't, I don't have a name for it. I don't like, sure. I could say it's Liberty. Um, I could say it's freedom. I could say it's Ron Paul. <laughs> like, I don't know what it is, man. <laughs> I, I honestly, I don't know what it is, but uh, there is a belief in this that's bigger than me and I'm willing to perish for it. And that's so powerful. And I don't know why I don't know. I don't even know how I got it. Uh, but it's just, it's just an interesting kind of revelatory 
experience that I've had over the past two years where I was like, wow, like there well, is and, something I believe in that's bigger than myself. Yeah, no, I really like that. And what it makes me think of is um, like the, the, the part of the Bible where it says the, you know, the truth will set you free. And, and to me, I think what the thing that might be driving you and it certainly drives me both in a religious sense, but even just like in a, you know, just my personality, um, I uh, cannot stand to be wrong. I, I, I almost autistically seek after the truth. And I do so because I, I feel like I've, I've just my life experience. I've learned the hard way that rejecting the truth makes you a, it like it literally enslaves you to to lies and yes. or or to whatever the you know the, sure does. to the sometimes it's just like uh people are afraid of the truth because it has bad consequences and it's like okay fair enough sometimes the truth is is rough right mm -hmm. like no one says the truth is going to always be pretty but you can be free with the truth or you can be enslaved rejecting the truth and i, I don't know there's just something in my uh, in my soul, I guess that like I refuse to be enslaved to yes. uh, to dishonesty that's my that's or my to favorite error. sentence. That's my yeah. well, see, see, I just refuse to be enslaved. Well, yeah, period. I mean, well, yeah, you're, you're being more specific, yeah. but uh, well, I, that, I would refuse to be enslaved. Same. Period. Um, but but I guess like even more specifically, it's like the the thing that I'm a most the most afraid to be enslaved to is not even a man or. Mm, uh, or people point, yeah. say that God is your, you, you know, God is your master. You're a slave to Him. It's just like, I, like I'm not really afraid of, of any of that. I mean, and the Bible says, uh, "Don't fear the one that can destroy your body. Fear the one that can destroy your soul." And it's just like, what yeah. destroys your soul? What destroys uh, mor morality more than dishonesty? And like, wh where do all our problems come from? They come from a failure to acknowledge truth and a yeah. failure of people to boldly proclaim truth. God, and so, so right. yeah, so you're like if, so if right. you you need the truth to set you free. And so if we want liberty, uh, it, what does Dave say? Dave says this all the time. It, it's not complicated. We just have to tell the truth. Mm -hmm. that, that's what he always said. That's what made Ron Paul great. Ron Paul well, got up there. He didn't make a big fuss about like, oh, well, I'm in this state. So I need to think about the issues that they care about. I need to think about uh, look at the poll numbers from the last election and look at the demographics. And Rob was like, no, nah, I'm just going to get up there and. I, I know about these five, six topics, and uh, I'm just going to get up there and and speak the truth and say why I think this stuff matters. And yep. that resonated with a lot of people because it's like, turns out that the truth and being genuine, uh, it, it, you know, th there's a lot of people that are that are looking for that. Or even if they're not looking for it, it's like it's sort of like um, a glitch in the matrix. Yes. And then people just kind of like go seeing a black cat. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I totally yeah. agree. I mean, this this is why. This is why we have Dave Smith is because Ron Paul had that courage. Um, right. This is why you probably have most of us is because Ron Paul had that courage. And, and yeah, this is, this is how I live my life too. I like, I am, I am brutally, savagely honest, not just with people in my life, but with myself too. And I think that's always the key. A lot of people are capable of being honest with others, but then they, they miss the mark when it comes to themselves. I mean, right. actually I shouldn't say a lot of people. Few people are capable of being honest with everyone in their lives, but then even fewer are capable of being honest with themselves all the time. Right. I, yeah. I, I am my harshest critic, always have been, always will be. And I think that that's, that's basically why I am who I am. And, and it's okay. You know, it's very hard. It's very hard living like this. It's very hard being as, as uh, critical of yourself as, you know, sometimes is necessary. But 
I believe that it holds you to the highest standard. I believe that it, 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 it derives the most good from your existence. And I wish that it was more in vogue. I wish that people had more yeah. courage to, to live this way. And I wish people had the strength to do it more than like the, the, uh, the imperative. Like I, I wish that people just had, had the foundational confidence to be like, I'm going to look really critically at myself and say, what am I doing that's helping and hurting? And then I'm going to fix these things. You know, it's just, I, yeah. and I know so, so many, so few people in my life live this way. I mean, it's, it's a very rare trait. And I think this is what makes the best spokespeople for libertarianism. They have to live that way because if you aren't authentic, you can't speak in an authentic way. You have to be telling the truth. You have to be speaking from your heart because otherwise people will sense it. They will know yeah. that like you are off the path. Like it, if you're if you're being honest all the time, you're very consistent, and it's it's this is why he's the most consistent motherfucker we know. It's like if you're being honest all the time, it's very hard to get caught up in a in a lie because you're being honest all the time. So, yeah, no, exactly. Um, and I lost my train of thought. Um, the uh, there was a, uh, there was a comment here I wanted to bring up. Uh, uh, David uh, Road to Providence. David Brady, good. Uh, uh, Young guy with a great new podcast. You guys definitely check it out. But uh, this is this is a, a fact of that story. Not a lot of people, not a lot of people often realize, but it's true that um, Abraham had faith that God was going to protect his child rather than rather than uh, rather than hurt him. And and I guess it's sort of like reminiscent of what we're talking about here in this pursuit of truth. Because I, I think sometimes, like some libertarians, they overcomplicate it. Sometimes these post-libertarian praxian types, I feel like they're. I was like some some of the stuff they say I agree with, but sometimes I feel like they're overcomplicating it because it's just like that you know that I, I, another good story to to kind of piggyback piggyback off of David here is the is the story of Joseph and you know that guy went through some fucking shit. I mean he uh, got sold into slavery and uh, by his brothers and then uh, worked his way Harsh. up as a slave uh, to be like you know like a, like a slave of like a you know like a rich dude like a noble and was like the most trusted slave. But then uh, the the guy's wife tries to uh, um, uh, lure Joseph into uh, having uh, sexual relations with her. He refuses. So then she accuses him of of, of raping her. So then he gets put in prison. <laughs> it's just like all this shit happens to him. Um, but not once does he lie. Not once does he just does he run away. He 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 waits it out, and then God uses that situation to then save Egypt and save the entirety of Israel. And it's like, okay, so telling the truth isn't always expedient. It's sort of like, yeah. I guess what I'm trying to get at here is like sometimes sometimes following after what is right, following after the right path is not going to be expedient. It's not going to lead to like the most immediate results. Um, and sometimes the way to immediate results is to sort of like, uh, bend bend the truth a little bit, or at least like ignore the parts of the truth that make you uncomfortable, right? Because that's sure. some, I think there's a lot of people that like it's not even so much that they're completely denying the truth, but they're just like, oh, I, I you they're know, oblivious to it, or or, or 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 they're purposely ignoring the 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 uncomfortable parts of it and focusing on the parts that they do like. So oh, yeah, um, people are very and, capable and, of that. Yeah, and like. Definitely, you know, with all this this lockdown stuff, I mean, like a lot of people have been focused on what is expedient in different ways. There are some people that are like, well, it seems expedient of me to just 
just just submit to it. Just like get the jab. Uh, It's going to be easier. You know, I don't want to fight this. I don't want to, I don't want to make a big scene. I don't want to cause family drama. Uh, You know what I mean? It's just, you know, I don't want to lose my job. I don't want to have to move. It's just, you know, so this this is why they utilize the ratchet effect is because each individual step is a relatively easy, small ask. If they were to hit you in the first day of lockdowns with the cumulative of like, we're going to fire you a year and a half from now if you don't take this experimental thing, blah, 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 blah. You know, if they were to if they were to list everything and you weren't going to be able to travel, uh, you know, uh, internationally or even on uh, interstate travel via airplane. And like if they were to list all of this in the first day, we would have been like, oh, this is an invasion. This is a takeover. This is not this is not a, a response to a virus. This is a complete demolition of our way of life. But because they they string it out and they make it, no, no, no. Just stay home for two weeks. And then it's the mask. And then it's two. And then it's none. And then it's this. And then it's that. And then all of a sudden, you're looking back two years later and you're like, holy shit. What have I allowed to, to transpire? And it's 15 days to, fl- to flatten the curve turned into gene therapy or be homeless really quickly. <laughs> Exactly right. Um, and this is and this is why, you know, even though uh, I will sometimes come across, you know, overly conspiratorial, um, I haven't been wrong. <laughs> you know, so like maybe you should consider whether or not I, I sound like I'm being too much of a conspiracy theorist. I told you a year and a half ago on my show that this shit was serious and that you needed to say yeah. no. Like as soon as possible, you needed to say no. And and we haven't said no enough. I mean, oh, it's not so, enough of us. To, it's so, so funny. The uh, like the Facebook memories thing where it shows you like old posts. So I remember uh, 2021 just having like all these posts that I made early on when people were announcing lockdowns and people telling me I was overreacting, telling me like, oh, of they course. would never do this. They never do this. And and I just like, you know, highlight them and message people and go, uh, remember this? Remember that? Anything? Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people people still say it to you today. <laughs> We're two years deep and they're just like, well, just get the booster. It's like, it's like it was supposed to be one. We're up to three. We're talking four. Many There's a lot of people, four. though, that are starting to, I mean, like, even like my mom was like quick to get the vaccine, got the first booster, the second. But now she's just like, are they ever going to stop? Is it how they ever? And I was just like, no. Like, uh, if, if they say jump me. and you say how high and you keep doing it every time they ask you to, why would they stop? I mean, they, they have no. Well, it's because no it's because though. most of these people don't think that this is a control, you know, test. They think that it's really about a virus. They really do, and I just I don't know how I don't know how other than time and suffering that the majority of people will understand what you you and I have understood for a long time, which is this is a this is a control game, and, it, and right. the sooner you say no the faster that this ends. And that's as simple as I can put it. And that's the fucking truth. And it's been the truth for a very long time. Um, I'm just grateful that more people are seeing it. Oh, I agree. Um, on the flip side, though, it seems like there are some people who they're they're going to try to find expedient solutions, but in the opposite way, their expedient solution is, well, we just need to seize power and, you know, uh, like go, go to war against against the, the, the left or the bad parts of the right and just... Uh, Right. <laughs> it doesn't matter if we're super authoritarian while we're doing it. You know, let's just let's just, uh, you know, play the game, play the game to win. And, and it's like, OK, well, that might seem like an expedient way to gain some freedom in the short term. And and, and believe me, it's like I'm, I'm I'm sympathetic to that to to a degree. Like I get why people in Florida support Ron DeSantis uh, and the other governors that have been good on lockdowns. I get why people are moving to those states 
Um, and, and, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a certain part, like there's a line we're up into that line. It's like, okay, I'm not saying we can never do what's expedient, but then there's like a line that you cross where it's just like people start. That's like, uh, now you are just the flip, the, uh, the uh, flipped version of what you oppose, where you're just like, right. now I'm going to be uh, vindictive and punitive, and 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 it's like, well, this is the the problem is the state like with either of those those uh, branches, I feel like the state wins because the state wins when we are focused more on fighting these culture wars and we're focused more on left versus right than we are on like reality itself. And I guess like to me, it's like, it's a different version of the same issue where people are avoiding the truth because they want what's expedient and easier. Um, and it's yeah, harder, well, it's, it's harder to criticize the Praxians and post-libs because it's like, they seem to be getting the truth, but it's like, they see the truth, but then they're almost like turning away from it because they're like, Oh, I see the truth, but I reject it because this isn't like, going to solve my problems tomorrow it's like well no right. like libertarian yeah, libertarianism is not going to work tomorrow but the problem is statism continues to work because people continue to uh use just use it and to justify its existence it reminds me of like i had a debate on my podcast the colin show uh two weeks ago uh and uh it was ever like that whole like um i guess it was the the texas abortion ban and so, I mean, as, as an anarchist, I'm against all legislation. I, I want, like, privatize everything. Um, even as a pro-life Christian, I, I generally am kind of agnostic on the ability of bans, even at, like, a local level, to be effective in combating abortion. But mm. what I said, what I, my take was on Twitter was, at the end of the day, I viewed this as a uh, positive move towards liberty because it was, because uh, it, it's like, I would rather have... 50 states with different abortion policies than have one giant policy set by the Supreme Court or the federal government. And, but, you know, then the solution to that is okay, now break it down from the state to the county and from the county to the municipality and just keep pushing decentralization. Yeah. But they, but, but their, uh, their opposition to that was, well, but that there's going to be people who are being, you know, that's going to cause some, some harm. Like there's going to be, people who are going to be living in areas that they can't afford to move out of and abortion is going to be banned. And sometimes the law is not enforced correctly and people will be well, harmed. The, it's the, like, the post libertarians take the other side of that coin where they say, well, if you're not bound, banning it, then you don't believe it's murder. Right. And, exactly. And, so. and it's, and it's like, um, but, but what my, my point to her was, was like, you could say, well, in the short term, you're protecting women's lives more and maybe protecting on paper, more liberty if you prevent states from banning abortion. But I think the problem is where that's a losing strategy in the long run because you've given another reason for the federal government to exist. And that's the problem. The problem is like the state exists because it creates all of these reasons why people think it's needed to exist. And the more we can normalize the idea that even if uh, we don't need the federal government, we just need state government, right? We don't need the state government for this. We just need local governments or, hey, the market does this better than the government. Like the more we push things in that direction, the more we win. But the more libertarians refuse to play that game, I don't know, just the more irritated I get. And it's, I don't know what your thought is. It's like, I don't, because like their, I guess, critique is, oh, libertarians are living in fantasy land where they think they're just going to convince everyone to be libertarian. It's like, well, I've never 
believe that for a second. But I also don't believe that it's a good long-term game to just be like, oh, well, because we can't convince everybody um, and because it's a... We're going to wield the power of the state. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, it's like, oh, it's hard to get the ring from the Shire to Mount Doom and it looks impossible. So therefore, let's just wield it against Sauron. Like, no, that's... (laughs) uh that's that's stupid it doesn't well ashton ashton will appreciate that metaphor as my uh living nerd uh i uh yeah i mean obviously i agree with you man and and i think that it's you know if you're going to use religious pretext with these discussions which which is what many of the post-libertarians do i think that you're not i think you're missing the mark personally Um, when you start to talk in this really vindictive fashion about political dissidents. It's like, uh, of course I agree. And I am victim to this uh, as much as anybody. I want to see Fauci and Gates and all these people in prison for the rest of their lives at a minimum. Um, But if you're going to use religious scripture to discuss this, I think that's an interesting leap when you start talking about not just Fauci and these other people, but their followers, the people that, that have gone woke that are true believers in the church of Fauci and things like that. And you talk about punishing these people I think you get into a point of like, this is going to be tit for tat escalating towards war. And if you're a Christian, ultimately, I, my assumption is that you believe in peace and avoiding war yeah. up until, you know, the point of self-defense at, at, at the last yeah. resort. But I don't understand it. I don't I personally, and I don't even, get it. Even that's contested sometimes within Christianity. Of, of course, of, of course. Who, some, who sometimes go, you just accept your fate. Yeah. Yeah. Some people say uh, you turn the cheek the whole way to death and, uh, you know. So, I gotta Obviously, tell you, that's I tough. don't agree with that. But... I, I, I don't, I don't like fully agree with it. But it's sometimes hard for me to go, okay, do I disagree with it for biblical reasons or personal reasons? And it's, um, but at the at the very least, I I I would say self defense is always morally legitimate. But I do think there are uh, situations where it is better to turn the other cheek because, uh, kind of the way you're just talking about, it. it's like even even if you are justified in retaliating, sometimes that just begets more violence. You know what I mean? Like it almost always does. Yeah. Like insofar as we can de-escalate things that generally is going to serve our purposes better. And libertarianism is about peace. And I think Christianity is ultimately about, uh, about peace. And it just seems to me like, uh, I guess like the, the problems we have to avoid are like, like nihilism and complacency on one side, but on the other side, like getting so, uh, letting, yeah, like, like (laughs) letting, letting our enemies, whip us up into like just getting back into that like collectivist re- uh reactionary mindset right. um and, 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 and see just, yeah this is the thing with uh you know and i've said this a, a dozen times and i and i stand by it i believe that people like fauci the people that orchestrated this stuff that were the mouthpieces for it have to pay a price and that maybe that's not christian i don't know but i think it's human nature i think that if you have people that believe that they are protected politically that they can they can get away with this stuff that they can ruin the global economy and fiat currency and society and your child's mental health they can get away with all of that because they have the power of the state behind them we have to shatter that paradigm you cannot have people that believe that they can get away with the destruction of 7 billion people's lifestyles and and pay no consequences so i believe in punishment for those people i do not believe in punishing the average Rachel Maddow viewer who tacitly endorsed, um, you know, masking of children and creating all of these suicides and drug addictions and drug overdoses. Like, sure. Do they pay a moral price? Do they, do they have something that I, I, I now think lesser of them? Of course. 
But do I want to forgive them and move past this? Yes, I do. I, I have no interest in living in a, in a completely segregated, um, separated society for the rest of my existence where I now have these people that have to carry the mark that they tried to place on me. They tried to place a, you know, a, a red card in my, in my chest pocket saying that I was um, right. unclean do to them. And, it just, and I don't it, want to do that to them. It just creates blowback. I mean, it's just, you know what I mean? It's just like, and, and you just, the cycle continues and, um, and I don't know why the Christians yeah. don't get this. I'm right. not even Christian <laughs> and I get it. Yeah. Like I said, it's just, and it's like, so I, yeah, I'm, I, I often, it's weird that as a Christian, I often like on my show have had more common ground with like atheists or agnostics like yourself who aren't explicitly Christian, but I'm just like, sometimes these people get Christian teachings better than other Christians. And I'm just like, I'm telling you, it's weird. I, it, 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 it's, it's, <laughs> um, Reed, Reed Coverdale is one of the most Christian people I've ever met, even though he says yeah. completely insane stuff. Uh, but yeah, the way he lives his yeah. life, he's a very Christian person. Well, and, I told and Reed the other day, I told Reed the day in, in like a private chat, I was just like the, the strongest argument against Christianity is just like how bad Christianity is. <laughs> or how bad Christians are, I guess is a better way to put it. It's like they just fail and, and on some on some level it's kind of a what is like a two quote fallacy, I guess. Like it doesn't prove that the Bible's wrong, that Christians gotta live up to it. But it kind of begs the question of like what why are so many getting it so wrong? And I mean, I I have reasons for why I think they do, but I mean I think ultimately it's like um I look at it from like a historical perspective and like the early church was like based as fuck man i mean like they refused to recognize the legitimacy of caesar they refused to recognize the legitimacy of rome uh they were a huge problem in the empire but then uh not gonna like, lie that sounds a lot like the mises caucus today <laughs> now, now again now, now, my, now church, my church yeah, yeah now, now you're see i got shit from the uh fakertarians like four or five months ago because i compared the mises caucus uh, uh, what I said was, I said, Dave Smith and the Mises Caucus are doing a better job of following the teachings of Christ in, <laughs> in this specific way than a lot of Christians are. And then everyone was like, oh, you're calling Dave Smith a messiah. God, I, was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, it's fucking crazy. Well, but... I'm going to be on with the Fikitarians on Tuesday, so stay tuned. Oh, are be, you? Oh, ooh, yeah. I'll have to tune in for that. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I have no idea what they want to talk to me about, but we'll find out. Oh boy. Well, are, are you ready to answer about the Mighty Ducks? Oh God. If they Mighty even Duck want to too. go there, I, I'm not going to defend. Oh, uh, what's his name? I can't even Lou, remember. His Lou name Rockwell. Right yeah. Which Rockwell. is just like you brought this up earlier. I was just like, okay, Lou Rockwell might be a little racist because, like, guess what? Everyone in his time period was a little racist. Yeah. Like most people that are in their 70s are. Sorry. Yeah. It's like, like, is it is it something that I'm going to like applaud? No. Is it something that I'm like extremely <laughs> offended by? also no like i mean I, I, I don't know like i don't want to get too off topic but it's just but yeah that'll i've been on their show and i had a hudak on on my show and i don't know i, I kind of regretted doing that but i don't know well i'll probably regret it too if yeah. that makes you feel any better <laughs> i don't know why i i took it on honestly it's because i want to debate these people like i want to and not even like in a contentious shitty way i just want to like measure our ideas versus theirs because they're so they're so confident in their ideas, even though they constantly get demolished every time they talk to any of us. But, but still I like, I'm just like, I, at some point these people are going to recognize, like you can't defend these positions because we have thought about everything you're thinking about. We've gone another couple layers deep into it and we understand everything you're going to say. And here's the reason that you're wrong. And like, 
I get I I know exactly like broadly it's, what it's they're going to throw at me. And... The, the, the problem is, is that like, I mean, I'm not saying don't do it, but like the arguments often end up not being effective because there's a cultural schism. And the problem is like there's a lot of libertarians mm. that actually don't believe in personal responsibility is what I've come to realize. And that's a problem. Yep. I mean, you brought this up earlier and, and I remember what I was going to bring up. It reminds me of the uh, Jordan Peterson role to treat yourself like you're somebody you're responsible for, which I've always, uh, as a nerd, I've likened that to like uh, a video game RPG where like you have your character. And what's funny is that like we always work, uh, I don't know if you play video games or not, but sure. um, yeah, so like um, whenever you have like an RPG, like a Skyrim or World of Warcraft or whatever. Great game. Skyrim, yeah, like, maybe. yeah, Skyrim's awesome. You always put, like, so much effort into your character and building your character's skills and equipment and all this stuff. And then you're like, okay, cool. What if I treated myself like the character in the video game? Where I was like, oh, I'm going to go work out. Do that. Yeah, I'm going to get off the couch. I'm going to go work out. I'm going to go get this. I'm going to go do these productive things. And it's just like, wow, like, it's so easy to do it when it's just like, you know, thumb, 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 thumb. But like right. to go and do it in real life is hard. But like, I'm just like, so when I first heard that rule by Jordan Peterson, I likened it to that because I grew up playing video games. Um, and I was just like, yeah, like I want to treat, you know, treat myself like somebody I'm responsible for. So it's like the things that I want to do, like, you know, I actually want to do them. You know what yeah. I mean? So I had well, to I motivate got, I got myself. From, and yeah, I got that from Jordan Peterson uh, yeah. even years prior to that. Believe it or not, the, the uh, stoner theologian himself, Joe Rogan, was teaching me yeah. about be the star of your own movie. You know, right, like he, exactly. he said it over and over again. And I started listening to Rogan in 2010. And, and people think I'm bullshit when I say this, but he changed my life. He absolutely changed my life. Like I was already a driven, motivated, committed type of person anyways, but he took it to another level. He allowed, he allowed me, same with Ron Paul, like all of these people were mentors and, and leaders in my life that, that allowed me to take who I am to another level. The, he, he, to a large extent, allowed me to dream again. He allowed me to dream bigger, to think of like the impossible, to think that I could have, that I could now be personal friends with someone who I idolized. And Dave Smith is completely beyond the pale ridiculous. I never thought it would be a possibility. And now we're genuinely friends. It's bizarre. Um, the fact that I get to talk about the thing I'm most passionate about, which is liberty. And I get to do it and I get to get paid a little bit of money for it. Like this is fucking insane. Um, but these are the things that, that these guys, if you really take it to heart and you have the ability and the drive and the faith in yourself, um, I mean, you can really accomplish amazing things. And I'm, I'm so appreciative and I'm so, this is why I tweet so often about Joe Rogan and people probably think I'm just trying to play the algos to go viral because <laughs> there's been nothing but viral tweets about Rogan lately, but it's the truth. Like he is very important. He is so yeah. important to young men. Jordan Peterson is so important to young men and young women if they're open to his message. Um, these people are responsible for course correcting so many young men's lives. And yep. that is really foundationally vital to a society and a civilization. And it's like people people should not want these people canceled. I cannot tell you how much worse off we'd be right. without them. And and what's funny is that like like I I love Jordan Peterson, I love Rogan, I love Dave. But like the reason why there was such a demand from people, not even just men, but but from people for the kind of things that they bring to the table, I think is another like way that the church has just fallen so short like so right. off the mark yeah and 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 it's connected to why like 
all this stuff's connected. It's like if you're not teaching people to to live in a way where, where they uh, exude personal responsibility, where they, uh, you know, where they go out there and uh, they don't like where they where you follow the teachings of Christ because you feel com- convicted of them because you see their worth and not just because you memorized verses in Sunday school. You know what I mean? Right. Like the the church is just it, it's so screwed up. I mean, it's just this. It, it, in a lot of ways, the church has just become a poor imitation of the state. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like no the kidding. state, but done on a, on a, on a like a I, I don't know. It's like it's kind of like when you have like without the power and the free right the free money. exactly <laughs> state without the power, but like we like it's like a grift. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's it's a, unfortunately it's a grift for a lot of pastors well, there, and a lot of a, yeah. There's a less a less negative way of viewing this too is that um, because so many people have fallen away from religion people like Peterson and Rogan and, and others, they just reached people where they were, you know, they, they delivered kind of ag- an agnostic take on religious teachings. And they still, they still talked about many of the, the foundational principles of religion, but they did it in a way that wasn't like, you have to believe. I think that that's where someone who's a libertarian like myself, I'm very put off by, um, you know, real devout, devoutly religious people where it's like the only salvation is this path. And I don't like that. I don't like when people talk to me like that, even if you're right, like just don't talk to me like that. I don't, it push, it pushes me away instantaneously, like knee jerk reaction. I'm like, get out of my face. Um, so the fact that, that Rogan and Peterson were just like, these are, these are how I did it, you know? And if you want to, you can do it like this too. Uh, and I mean, obviously Peterson goes a little bit further and he's, and he says like, you have a duty and a responsibility. And so, but maybe I was more open to it by then. I don't know. I don't know what it, yeah. what it was, but everyone gets reached in their own time in their own place. And these guys also made it much more convenient in that you were able to just download it to your phone and do it while you're at the gym or, or, uh, you know, walking, walking to work or whatever. And it's like, these are, these are more convenient ways of rele- of receiving uh, religious, religious text. Yeah, but not with the religious text nature to it. And, and I would even like where where I might slightly disagree with what you said is when you say like, and I, I get what you're saying. Like, even I have that psychological pushback because I'm a libertarian. It's like I hate being told what to do. Um, but it's like, I, I think the problem is most of us are willing to change our mind and and admit we're wrong and do something if we're convinced. That yes. what we're doing oh, yeah. is wrong, and the problem is too too much of Christianity has become a like you know do just just do it because we say so. It's authoritarianism exactly. like uh, personified in a lot of yeah, ways. Don't like don't said, tell me this is the only path. Show, show me, me why exactly. You know? And it's like you know if if you know if the most convincing argument you can give someone for why they should do something is like because I told you to, <laughs> which is like it's why I don't. I ain't I mean, gonna work. No, this, and I, you know, this is why like, I have I have three kids and a fourth on the way, and I, I practice fe- peaceful parenting, and I practice like talking with my kids, reasoning with them, even when they haven't learned to reason yet. It's like I'm always pushing them to get there because it's like I'm never gonna be the parent that's just like, oh, do it because I told you to. Sure. It's like, that's and even beautiful. even insofar as the Bible would say that God, you know, that that like maybe he there commands. is some truth to that, like He does command you to do something. But God doesn't command you to do things that are arbitrary. Like, I said this is wrong and right because. And I have no reasons except that, like, it was a whim. Like, no. Uh, there are actual... And, like, Jordan Peterson does a great job of this. And, it's like, Jordan Peterson is doing what the church has failed, which is, like, 
hey, let's examine the things the Bible talks about, examine these stories, examine why the Bible says this is wrong and this is right. And Jordan Peterson would be like, well, when we look at this from a scientific view, a psychological view, a narrative view, oh, hey, these things actually do end up not being good for your well-being or for society's well-being over the long run. It's perfect because (laughs) he, he he took religious ideology and he... And he pushed it into the practical realm of like, this is actually what it does. Like if you actually yeah. live this way, it will give you a better life. And that's, that's how you sell someone on something. He, brought that the you pra- don't... he, he, he revitalized yeah, the praxis. Yeah. yeah. But, but the church has just become about like, it, there's no praxis other like, or it's like, there's no depth to it. It's just a, like, just do the rituals and go through it and go to heaven. And right. It's just well, like, it's, it's it's just like it's just like how yeah. the government dealt with lockdowns. It's right. carrot and stick. It's like, well, you get heaven or you get hell. And right. when people talk to me like that, I just go shove it up your ass. I'm not listening to you. Like it, you don't have that authority over me. I have to believe in your authority. Even the religious people tend to believe that. Like you have to believe, right, that yeah. for him to have the authority. I mean, certainly some religious people believe that he is the highest authority, and it doesn't matter whether or not you believe. I personally think that, like, if I'm going to put someone above myself. I have to, or something above myself, I have to believe in it. It's the same way I do with liberty. Like, I believe that this is bigger than me. I believe that the world and people on on the aggregate matter more than me on the individual basis. And I'm willing to sacrifice myself to make sure that people are free on this planet because it's such a rare and beautiful experience. And I'm so grateful to have had it that, like, this is what I value more than anything. I think that these these are all lessons that carry tremendous power and and weight and uh and young men in particular are drawn to them if you can reach them in a way that like shows them the beauty in it and shows them that like this not only can this be a better life but it's a more meaningful one uh, i think that's a really important thing and something that we lack tremendously so i'm grateful that these people exist and i will fight like hell to make sure that they still have uh, a capacity to to get their message out there um the other Jordan Peterson role that comes to mind that was kind of like the last thing I wanted to maybe touch on, um, I forget the exact phrase of it, but it was just kind of like, if you see a cat on the street, stop to pet it or something mm-hmm. like that. And, and it's like one of like one of these like weird rules that's just like, what? But it's, you know, and this kind of relates to, um, you know, stop what you do. Smell over the roses. The, <laughs> yeah. And it kind of relates to what you got, what you do over at like the tower power hour, which is like, um, at some point we have to also like, these things are serious, but if we uh, live our life completely serious and we don't stop to have fun, if we don't try to find ways to, and it's like, it it shouldn't have to be hard. Like we we should be able to enjoy what we are doing and make what we are and try to make what we are doing attractive to people because they see that like it matters and these people are having fun doing it. Like they're, they're they're not going to be, even if we're right and our arguments are good, if they look at us like, Oh, these guys, these these people are miserable. They're just always cranky and and pissed off. And it's just like, they're not going to want to come hang out with us. Um, Whereas like, you know, when I go to Mises caucus events, when I watch tower power hour or, 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 you know, any of like, you know, our, our kind of like broader group of people's conversations and stuff, like we talk about serious stuff, but we also are trying to have, you know, fun or trying to, uh, I, I don't know, enjoy make life. What we're, yeah. Like enjoy what we are doing. And yeah. um, th- there's something to be like, I, I almost feel like sometimes that's a more important piece than we give it credit for. Um, oh, you're so right. You're because, so right, dude. um, 
because that's just that's how people like a lot of people do not um just like from first principles reason their way into beliefs you know what i mean they most might, people they, don't yeah most people don't um a lot of people it's like they get caught up like either the charisma of somebody or like the the cadence of how somebody said something or exactly. just the energy of of a conversation or a group of people and that is what brings them in that's this is what why this is listening. why trump was a phenomenon this is why yeah. this is why i i think that it's really important that not only do we live out our principles but we live them in a way that is you know actually what i believe is the truth of it which is when you live a honest and free lifestyle, you have a better time than anybody. Like, I, I really enjoy my life. I have a ton of fun. And, and I think people sense that about me. Like I go, when I go to these conventions and I see people, I'm, I'm so happy to meet them. And I, and I give people big hugs and everyone's just so, it's like, it's such a cool community vibe. And it's all genuine. Like none, none of what I'm doing is contrived. I really, really appreciate the people that listen to my show and they share it and they're fans of mine. I'm fans of them. Like uh, this is all kind of a network effect, a beautiful thing. And, and uh, with Tower Gang, it's the same way. You know, like I, yeah, Liberty Lockdown is a very serious venue. And I talk about really dark stuff because I think it's very important and it doesn't get discussed enough. That being said, I don't wake up every day and, and just, you know, fret <laughs> like like it would be why would i even exist at that point it would just be so dark and and depressing so yeah i woke up and i watched a couple of football games and i and uh i'll go on tower gang and listen to cole say the n-word a bunch of times like way too many times and like this this is what i this is what i actually enjoy doing and, and i go to the gym and i work out and i <clears throat> and i have a great relationship and all these things are like this is what make a well-rounded person and if you're trying to attract people to a belief system you have to demonstrate that it's like it's an actual enjoyable experience because otherwise why should they do it like and why would i want to sell it if i thought it was miserable i wouldn't want to i wouldn't want to bring people into it like i have to be a believer too and and it has to actually work on the back end so uh the people that are really miserable like the woke libertarian types you're not attracting anybody with that shit the only people you're attracting are other miserable people that aren't going to fucking produce anything with their lives either so i'm not interested like when people go oh we can't have this this uh, fissure, this division. It's like, I don't care if you're a really miserable person, just get the fuck out. I don't need you in my sphere. Like I'm trying to do positive shit in my life. So if you're just there to talk about representation and racism and make everyone feel bad about existing, whatever, it's, it's a waste of time. I don't even want, and I won't be involved if you're there. So, you know, kick rocks. Well, and part of the problem here, uh, David brings up a good point here, you know, saying like, you know, um, needing people that are stable and have their lives in order and stuff. And, um, you know, uh, bringing up vermin. And then he, you know, said like, it's the JP quote, clean your room. Yep. Part of the problem with these people you mentioned is that like, I feel like they don't have their lives in order no. and like, this is all they have. Look at Waldenberger. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and they are not the people I want out there on the front lines. You know no. what I mean? It's like, they, they should be, you know, yeah. Sort your own shit out and, and figure out your life. And how to be a happy, productive member of the human race, and yeah. and 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 not like a, a killjoy, and, exactly. and then maybe we can talk about you getting involved and in, and in being productive. You know what I well, mean? A, but, lot, a lot of people think I'm an FBI agent because I didn't start talking about this shit until my late 30s. But the reason I didn't is because I was my room wasn't made yet because I was working on getting financial right. freedom, 
and emotional well-being and therapy. And I was doing all of these things to make myself a more, more well-rounded person to get to a position of feeling as if I can speak to other people with some level of authority, with some level of commanding respect. I now have that. So when the opportunity arose and the lockdowns happened, I felt compelled. It wasn't even like, like, oh, I expected people to pay attention to me or whatever. It was just like, I'm going to do this because I have to, because I have a calling right now, because there's no one that's that's vocalizing the amount of concern that's necessary in this moment. So I responded like that. But David's exactly right. If you are in a position of still trying to figure out who you are in life, you shouldn't be telling people how to live. I mean, just being honest, like you're still working on yourself. Like, and, and I'm not even saying I'm trying to tell people how to live, but I'm saying this is what I do. So if, if you think that my life is something that you would like to emulate, you're capable of it. So now go out and do it. Like the, if you're a 21 year old who's trying to tell people what's wrong with their lives or how to live and you're, you know, living at home with your parents, you, you're paycheck to paycheck or you're unemployed. It's like, well, why should you expect people to listen to you? Um, so yeah, I, I really am a huge believer in like, not just only speaking once you're in that position, but also only listen to people that are really in that position because otherwise you're just hoping that they're right. Right. It's, it's yeah. just like when the libertarian party, or, or people like Archie and others like, 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 you know, tell Dave, well, you're not going to attract a lot of people with these offensive things you do. And it's just like, Dave has like a, you know, like hundred thousand, like several hundred thousand following. And you have like 400 followers on Twitter. He has like, Dave and, Smith, and Dave all of Tom them Woods are combined. following you because they hate yeah. what you have to say. <laughs> right. And like, <laughs> like Tom Woods and Dave Smith combined have more appeal than like the LNC and all the state affiliates combined. It's like, yep. So if we're going to talk about who can attract people and who knows what they're doing here, uh, it's not it's, really a contest. <laughs> it's hilarious. I mean, it's hilarious. And these people, they, they have no authority. Um, they know they have none. And, and this is why they're so desperate. I mean, I honestly believe that all of their anger comes from a place of insecurity. Their ideas yes. don't hold up. They're, they're um, you know, who they are doesn't hold up against Dave or myself or any of these people. Like they can't fuck with us. Like just being blunt. They can't, they, they have no way of beating us on anything other than saying you're racist and therefore I'm better. I mean, that's, that's it. That's their entire defense. So if you just discount that, if you just disregard it, it's like, okay, now you see what this is. You see a bunch of dysfunctional people that are, you know, needing uh, fundraising to, to deal with their lifestyle. And it's like, and honestly, like everyone gets down on their luck. I'm not even trying to shame the guy. I'm just saying, shut the fuck up. Don't talk about me. Don't talk about any of us. If your mm -hmm. life is in disarray, don't talk about us. Like that's really as simple as it can get. Uh, but apparently that makes me an asshole. So whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, uh, Jesus was often accused of being a bit of an asshole. Yes. <laughs> not to compare and, you to Jesus, but no, no, I mean, no, please, please do. I'm obviously <laughs> Jesus like, but, uh, um the uh gosh um but but no seriously like i mean it, it just always makes me laugh when and i get this from other christians too where they're just like oh you're out there you're misrepresenting jesus because you're so brash and and the crowd you run with and you know and i'm just like you know this jesus was this mofo who like literally chased people out of the whips uh, ch uh, chase people out of the temple with whips right because of like they were exchanging money and I mean like, and there's a reason why it was a big deal, but like, it wasn't even like he was like, there was like, you know, violence going on. It wasn't like he was protecting somebody who was being attacked. It was like, 
you know, something was going on that was like, you know, a problem for him. And he chased them out, you know, with like, I mean, flipping tables. Uh, I have literally people try to explain to me how it wasn't uh, bombastic or brash for Jesus to use whips to chase people out of a temple. And I'm just like, well, you can say that, but then like words have it no is. meaning anymore. Like it is. You're literally just, it would be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just like, yeah. Well, see, I, I don't have any, uh, because I'm not a believer, you know, those, those to me are allegories. They're stories. I don't have any idea if they're true. However, I think that, um, you know, there's, there's a compelling arg argument to be made that perhaps I should be, uh, less brash and perhaps I should be more Christ-like and, and calm and peaceful and loving and overtly so and accepting and forgiving and all these things. But I ultimately I'm flawed and I'm human and I, and I do my best. Um, but I think the goal but, is not to like, you don't want to be harmless. You know what I mean? And this is something that Jordan Peterson's good Jordan about Peterson, too. Yeah. And it's like, what you want to do monster. Is, you want to integrate that, like that shadow, you know what I mean? Right. And Jesus was not a harmless person. He was an integrated person. Yes. And you know, a lot of the time he was patient with people. He, he, he didn't get bombastic. Uh, he didn't, you know, even when people were like, even with like sinners, even with like prostitutes and tax collectors, he would sit down with them. He'd have conversations with them, meet them where they were at. We should do that. But there's yeah. also times like when Jesus was faced with the Pharisees or when Jesus uh, saw the corruption of what was going on in the temple with the money changers and stuff where you go, all right, enough's enough. And you unleash that shadow. Um, and, and and the believe me, the, what you need to I do is know when down. to use both. Yeah. <laughs> the wisdom comes <laughs> I got to that know, part down. Right. And and then with, with, with time, you learn the wisdom to know when to you know, when's the right situation to exactly. unleash it and when isn't. So and yeah, you're right. much, no one's going to get it perfect. I've gotten much better at it. I mean, I'm telling you in my twenties, I had such a short fuse, but um, <laughs> you know, now I'm 39. I like, I'm, I'm a very, I'm a so much more loving, forgiving version of myself than I once was. And I'm still far from probably where I'll ultimately end up, but. But you know, um, isn't it, doesn't forgiveness mean more? Like I always, some people, this is my last thing here. Like sometimes people get really, like uh, especially some of my atheist friends that really triggered at the idea of a God that sends people to hell or a God that's wrathful. And I'm just like, for me, it's kind of a, an amazing thing because it's like, it makes the forgiveness mean more. Like if mm -hmm. someone's weak and just has no backbone to them, no anger to them, like nothing. And then you do something horrible to them and they forgive you. It's just like, well, they're just being a doormat. You know what I mean? Like, it's not really impressive. Whereas if point, like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like now if uh, I uh, spit in the face of Joe Rogan and uh, he gives me a hug and just like, I don't know why you did that, buddy, but uh, I love you. And I uh, hope, hope you, you know, hope things go better for you. Yeah. That ain't happening unless he's high on DMT oh, oh, yeah. at the time. No, no, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, but I'm just, you know what I mean? Like uh, forgiveness means a lot more when it comes from somebody who has the ability to unleash hell. Exactly. Exactly. Because not to, it'd be like, it'd be like if, if you upset both Archie and I and Archie forgave right. <laughs> you and I forgave you, then people would be like, Oh, you're the same. No, people would look at it and no. be like, Oh no, Clint's Clint's forgiveness means something because he could actually defend himself. Archie would be like, I respect I Archie you, more I if forgive he didn't you forgive because... you. know what I mean? Like, be like, oh, have <laughs> yeah, some exactly. backbone, man. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just hold it against him forever. No, you're totally right. I mean, this is, this is why I, I lived. This is why I've trained in the past is like, I think that it's really important that we be a meaningful foe. I mean, you're up against the biggest state in human history. Like, if you're just going to talk your way through this, good fucking luck. 
Like you have to like, ultimately my interest is in, is in peace and it is speaking peace into existence. However, the only reason someone's going to listen to me is if I'm a danger and a real one. Um, and people don't like it when I talk about that either, but it's all fucking obviously true. So I don't understand why people go, Oh, it's fed posting. No, it's fucking reality. Like if you're not a meaningful threat to the state, they're going to run you over. That's a fucking fact of history that you, everyone knows it. So I'm not going to pretend like I'm not like I am trying to be dangerous. I am trying to earn the respect of fucking tyrants. So like, I'm going to be as dangerous as I have to be. And then I'm going to pray to the end of my days for peace. Uh, so that's, that's kind of how I, I try and mold myself. And I wish more people would, because if you're just going to be some fucking soft, pudgy bitch sitting on the couch and expect the government to back off, it ain't going to happen. Yeah. No, I mean, the, <laughs> Sorry, the, the pinned, the pinned tweet on my, uh, on my Twitter. I mean, you know, another example of Jesus being, uh, uh, you know, pretty, pretty uh, bold. You know, is the story when Satan offered Jesus all the kingdoms. He brought up on high mountains and said, "Look, all the kingdoms of the world and they're mine to give to you." And and Jesus rebuked him and said, "Like, just get behind me." Like, like, like. You know, it wasn't it wasn't lukewarm. It wasn't like you know you you have to take a stand. You have to be strong. Yeah. Um, there's no there's no pussyfooting around this kind of shit. So we have to and and um, you can't yeah. just do that with physical strength either. You need financial strength too, because like when they when they come, True. they're gonna come with financial um, imperatives and, and drivers. Look at look at exactly what they've done with these vax passes, where they're trying to strip you of your fucking employment. It's not an accident. It's not a mistake. They know that that's the easiest way to undercut otherwise principled people because they know that you are paycheck to paycheck and you can't defend yourself if you can't feed your family. So you have to True. get in a better position to be able to to stand up. Absolutely true. Yep. Um, hey, Clint, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, it was a blast. Great conversation. Uh, big, big fan of yours and your podcast. And uh, um, so uh, definitely want to do it again sometime. Uh, I feel like most of my audience probably follows you, but for some of my, you know, more Christian, uh, my Christian brethren, uh, yeah. you don't know, know, know your stuff as well. Uh, plug, plug your shit before we get out of here. If you don't mind the profanity, those Christians out there, check out at Liberty Lockpot on Twitter and Liberty Lockdown Podcast. You can just search Liberty Lockdown on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all over the place. And uh, thank you so much for having me on, man. It was a blast. Yeah, of course. And um, for, for those watching, uh, if you haven't followed me yet, at Biblical Anarchy on Twitter, and uh, uh, like uh, same as Clint, I'm on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, all the all the stupid. There, there, there's apps I've never even heard of that my podcast is on. So exactly, uh, feel free to give it a follow. And uh, you know, if you want to support the project, uh, Patreon.com/slash/BiblicalAnarchy. So uh, thanks everybody for watching. And uh, until next time, don't fear the fire. <laughs>